Oh, it's your favorite time of the week. All your work is done, and it's time to relax. So come, grab some friends, and let's get lit and join the rotation. You are now in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. We are your host, your Suncoast Normal Executive Board, and we say it's time to legalize it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're here for a very special episode of The Rotation today. Um, Hope that everybody has had a uh, great week, and we're happy to have folks jumping in with us. So let's cue that beautiful theme music, and let's get going. Well, everyone, I am your executive director and co-host of The Rotation, Christopher Cano, um, and we have our deputy director uh, in Ybor City, Carlos Hermida, and we are joined today by a very special guest, uh, Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton uh, from the District of Columbia. Congresswoman, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm good. I hope you are. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Now, um, for uh, those guests of ours, you know, uh, we have a, a large base in Florida and folks all over the nation that watch our show. Uh, they may not be familiar, but you're a, uh, in your 15th term as Congresswoman over the District of Columbia. That is the, no small accomplishment or feat to be elected, uh, reelected that many times. So your constituents definitely appreciate your representation in Congress. And uh, I know the American people uh, appreciate your, your dedicated history to, to you know, uh, public service. So we appreciate you joining us on the show today. My pleasure. Yeah. So um, I was reviewing some of the remarks that you made um, at the sixth annual National Cannabis Festival. And, you know, uh, with the fact that uh, D.C. really has a lot of its future um, held up by Congress, in particular, uh, progressing towards becoming an official state. Also, the the issue of um, uh, adult use and commercialization of marijuana in the District of Columbia is something that also has been held up by Congress. Would you care to expand a little bit more on that for folks who may not be familiar with the, the unique situation that the District of Columbia is in? Until the district gets statehood, Congress still has control over bills that pass or don't pass in the District of Columbia. So I have to surmount that in order to get things done. Uh, and I came pretty close on cannabis, I got it through uh, the appropriation 2022 uh, bill. And that was some feat because I got it through the House and the Senate. And guess what happened to us? Even though we control the House, Senate and presidency, it is President Biden who along with the Republicans blocked the bill. No. Now you got to talk to Biden because I'm doing my work over here. 
Wow. Yeah, President Biden, um, a, a couple weeks ago, he recently pardoned uh, nine people who had marijuana-related uh, convictions on their record, but there are still tens of thousands of prisoners uh, with federal charges. And, you know, he made us a promise on the campaign trail that he would expunge marijuana records, that this would be something that, we're get, that we would get done. And here we are coming close to the midterm elections, and it, it just seems like, you know, there's always delay after delay. I mean, you all did your job in the House, and you passed the Morat and, and send it on to the Senate. And we've just seen nothing but delays from Senate leadership in regards to some type of legalization bill. Do you have any hopes that, that this legislative process around uh, cannabis legalization might actually wrap up before the midterms? Or, 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 or are we kind of pessimistic at this point? No, I, I'm still hopeful that Congress will remove uh, the rider that prohibits D.C. from commercializing adult use marijuana. Look, we control the House, Senate, uh, and the presidency. It's the presidency that stands in my way now, but I'm going to try again before this session is out. You know, I we we talk about this issue quite often, and, uh, you know, uh, with, with this issue, we, we tend to talk a lot about how it's like, the Democrats want this and the Republicans don't don't want this, but that doesn't seem to be the case. I mean, it, 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 what you're telling me is Biden is your biggest opposition in, in all your legalization efforts. Absolutely. Look, the country. Okay. Yeah. This isn't a this isn't a partisan issue anymore. It's it, it, there's there's there, there's something big keeping this from happening. This isn't Democrats versus Republicans anymore. Well, you've got 18 states mm. that, have, that have legalized recreational marijuana, and they've already those states already have or will commercialize it. The fact is that weed is used all over the United States. This president needs to catch up with where people are in this country, where Democrats are, where Republicans are. Uh, he is the problem. Now, uh, in the district, uh, a bill was put in to keep us from commercializing or to keep the possession of marijuana from occurring, but that bill was flawed so that I was able uh, to pass a bill to keep a bill in that allowed the possession of up to two ounces of marijuana. So people are smoking all over the District of Columbia, and for that matter, all over the country. It's the president, the Democratic president, that stands in our way. You know, I, I've uh, been in the in the DMV area for you know about three years now, um, and I've I've encountered the the way the DC market works. You know, with the gray areas and being able to gift cannabis under I seventy one and such. And I can say that there are a lot of of, of you know young, bright, budding entrepreneurs who are just waiting for their opportunity uh, for these uh, legal opportunities to, to come about. And and I could foresee a lot of revenues coming into the district if if folks can, uh, you know, actually do their business above water. Uh, everything from getting the Safe Banking Act passed so legitimate businesses can have access to banking and, and, and tax breaks to, to actually getting this rider so the district can flourish uh, with adult use sales. 
Uh, my wife and I took a trip, day trip yesterday to uh, New Jersey, and we we checked out their adult use sales uh, for the first time. And um, ironically enough, their adult use prices are even cheaper than, than the medical prices we're playing in Florida right now. So it's, it's interesting to see uh, how the different states are putting things together and how the district is, is shaping up. And I, I'm really looking forward to the district being able to, to open up with adult use sales because people want it. And, and and they obviously already have it. it it's here. It exists. Uh, it's it's just amazing that it that, that in the grand scheme of things, it's still Joe Biden holding things up. And 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 you know when you go back and you look at uh, his stance, you know from the time he was a young senator up until now, um, he's been consistent in not being a, a proponent of, of legalization or criminal justice reform. And that's that that breaks my heart in a lot of ways as a as a loyal Democrat for many years. Look, he needs to get, this president must be some kind of fuddy-duddy. He needs to catch up with the rest of the country and with the residents of the District of Columbia. But let me tell you how it's really hurting us. Uh, we, uh, people are using marijuana. Yes. But we are not able to collect tax revenue uh, on recreational marijuana. So there's a real loss to us in not permitting full legalization, that ought to be reason enough um, for the bill bill to pass. And as I indicated, I was able to get it through the House and the Senate. And who blocked it? The President of the United States. But so why, though? Why? It would seem to me. So uh, Congresswoman, I'm going to make I'm going to admit something to you. I am the least political of our normal group. So uh, please excuse me if I say something and I look just completely dumb. But it would seem to me that President Biden, one of the best political moves he could make is to legalize marijuana. The, the, you guys are talking about his hand in the war in, on drugs. Uh, this, would, this would be such a great move for him uh, just, just to make sure that he would get elected. Just politically, that it, it would erase a lot of big criticisms that he has against him. Why is he standing in your way? Why would he? Why would he? Why would he do that? It's to his advantage, as a politician, uh-huh. to support legalization of marijuana here and around the country. I really think uh, his position is consistent with where it's already always been. He's always been against legalization of marijuana. He's old school on this issue. He's not caught up to where the country is, and certainly not to where the District of Columbia is. He's hurting himself and he's hurting us. Well said. I was reading an op-ed the other day um, in The Hill uh, from our executive director at the national level. And, and you know, the title was uh, Democrats could blow their midterm chances by not legalizing uh, cannabis, you know, uh, with such narrow margins. And then looking at the polling, I mean, uh, 69% of this country supports the adult use legalization of cannabis. 92% support medical marijuana use. Uh, the president definitely is, is out of touch with this for sure. Yeah, so what's to be against here? Uh, He's not only out of touch, he's way behind the times. His old school sense of marijuana, which goes back to his days in the Senate, may be the problem. But to be president of the United States, your views have uh, have to turn as you learn more and as you see the people whom you represent moving uh, in, in a certain direction. And this president hasn't budged on marijuana. So that that's going to be to his detriment in the midterms, believe me. 
Yeah. Gary, you're our director of public policy. What, what questions do you have for the Congresswoman in, in regards to this issue? First off, I want to apologize for, for being late. Uh, I, you should be, I should be used to bad traffic. I used to work in uh, D.C. and I lived over in the Clearwater, uh, the Centerville, uh, Manassas area, only 17 miles from the Beltway, and it took me two and a half hours to drive there. But uh, <laughs> that, and that, that was under the guise of Sharon Pratt Kelly. So you, you and I have been hanging around D.C. for just about the same amount of time, actually. And, uh, and the things have definitely changed in, in D.C., I think in the last uh, 30 years or so. Uh, and, and one especially, of course, is the, uh, the cannabis laws, which I still don't get. I'll be honest with you, I mean, Chris has an absolutely fantastic collection of stickers that he gets that every time that he buys them, he, he, he goes ahead and is able to buy his product. But how in the world did, it, did, did this policy arrive that you can't buy it or sell it, but you can give it to somebody? It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't get, and, and of course, it doesn't help the fact that, that we have a tax-based problem in D.C. anyway. So how, and you can't even tax it this way, can you? Well, the notion you can't buy it, but you can't give it away just shows you how, how innovative and crafty our residents are and yeah. <laughs> wanting to get a hold of cannabis. Uh, and that's one of the ways they're doing it. It shows you how far behind uh, the president and the Republicans are. We're still finding ways, in other words, <laughs> still finding ways to get uh, 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 marijuana to people. Innovative ways. Well, you know, yesterday on my day trip to New Jersey, we when we got there, we waited in, in line an hour and 15 minutes. I remember getting there around like five o'clock. And, uh, and and just waiting 30 minutes, I looked behind me and the line was already back down the block. There were people of every uh, demographic, every age, every race, every ethnic group. All of us were like, oh my God, look at the line. But then everybody was willing to be committed and wait that line as long as it took. I mean, I've never seen people, more people waiting patiently in line than otherwise than being at Disney World. What were they waiting <laughs> for? What, what were they waiting for? To get access to the adult use dispensaries in New Jersey, um, they just started adult use sales uh, in the last uh, 18 days in New Jersey. My wife and I took a day trip. We waited in line. I mean, I, and I saw people who, from senior citizens to people in their 20s and 30s. Uh, one lady was waiting in line. She had her her, her teenage son with her. Uh, it, it, it was just interesting to see that people will wait for this. People will pay for this. Everyone was paying their, you know, and, and I'm just thinking of all the tax revenues that they. They were collected from there. Um, and, you know, I'm thinking the average person is probably spending anywhere between 100 to 200 dollars. And, you know, they're collecting, you know, anywhere between 20 to 40 dollars in taxes on each of those transactions. So, um, you know, kudos to them for getting it right. It, it's a shame that it, it's the president of the United States in the grand scheme of things that has the, the people of the District of Columbia missing out uh, on so many improvements. I see all the construction happening. I see a lot of development in the D.C. area, definitely a lot of gentrification. And, and so, you know, that's a concern too is affordable housing and and how folks are able to, to be able to afford those things so seeing the fact that you can get adult use revenues uh, into the district and it can change things and knowing that it's just one person standing in the way that's that, that's infuriating and, and, and quite the struggle so congresswoman uh hats off to you for continuing to, to stay in this fight um you know you've been at this quite a while and and we're almost to the finish line with it i just you're right we we got to do our job as advocates and as the public to put the pressure on the president to do the right thing. Please do. Please do.
And of course, uh, we're all we're all in favor of eventually getting DC statehood, which I know has been kind of on your bucket list for the last thirty years or so. And it was on it was on everybody's mind when I was in DC. I was working as a liaison to Whitman Walker Clinic, and working with the district. And we had cars that you know the doors would come off it when you if you open them up too hard, because you guys weren't getting the appropriate appropriations just to run the district itself. I mean, I'm. I think you were out of toilet paper for close to six months in, in all the district offices. Well, we're close to statehood now. I wish we were as close to marijuana legalization. <laughs> and, and will that have a direct effect on legalization? What? Well, will DC legalization, will DC statehood uh, help out well, in regards to full legalization? Statehood would take care of it. Yeah. That's, now, along that's, with other things, I know you're working on the DC appropriations bill. Tell us a little bit what, what you're working on in regards to those riders that you wanted to remove from the appropriations bill. Well, we almost got the marijuana rider removed, uh, except for the president, and I'm trying again uh, this session to get it removed. Anytime you get the House and the Senate, uh, you ought to be able to get the Democratic president of the United States. So I'm still trying to remove the rider that prohibits the district from commercializing marijuana. And I'm trying to do it now, even before statehood comes. Congresswoman, what has been um, your your colleagues' uh, maybe opposition points or concerns? You know, we hear it all the time in Florida. The Republican Party of Florida loves to talk about well, what about the children and what about their safety. And you know, there are some recent studies that came out uh, just in the Journal of Population Research and Policy Review uh, in the last week that uh, Purdue University produced a study that showed uh, marijuana laws are not associated with clinically relevant changes in birth outcomes. You know, there's always this issue of pregnant women getting access to it or utilizing cannabis in, in utero. Um, we've seen positive results from, uh, you know, 30-year longitudinal studies in Jamaica and such. So, you know, and even in Uruguay, they saw that there were no uh, sustained changes in, in, in young people's cannabis use following patterns of legalization. As a matter of fact, here in the U.S., we're seeing a drop in middle school and high school students' use in cannabis in legal states. So what, what what's the, the, you know, the, the red herring or the straw man that you see your opponents trying to throw up there no well my opponents if you're talking about the district of columbia are against everything in the district of columbia so uh, uh i'm not sure why republicans are opposing marijuana legalization in their own states since i their own their own residents are well ahead of them on this they're way behind so they you got to separate out dc where they oppose anything uh in dc from why they're not uh, better on legalization in their own states and in Republican states, since the country is moving right along uh, to fully uh, to full legalization. I indicated 18 states already have legalized recreational marijuana. Now you keep we keep this up, uh, uh, we'll see. We'll soon be at most of the states. 
Yes, indeed. I believe the only holdouts where there's no marijuana reform is Idaho and Nebraska. Uh, all 48 other states have some level of CBD or access to hemp products or or at least some some form of low THC cannabis or medical marijuana programs. So and, and interesting enough, the Institute on Taxation and Economic Policy uh, just uh, uh, let uh, produce an analysis that showed that legal states in 2021 uh, uh, collected an estimated 20 percent more in taxes from retail marijuana sales than from the sale of alcohol products. In California, their cannabis excise taxes brought in more than double the revenue of their alcohol taxes. And in Colorado, it was seven times that amount of their alcohol taxes. Well, the taxes may be the strongest case to be made for cannabis legalization. The stuff is being smoked. <laughs> in states like mine, you're not getting any benefit in taxes from it. So it's it's a case of cutting off your your nose to spite your face. You're you're almost yeah. speaking exactly to uh, Florida state politics. In fact, everything our governor is doing right now is cutting off our nose to spite our face from his 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 fight with Disney to just his fight against cannabis. I mean, we have. We, we are the third highest amount of sales of, ca of cannabis in the, in the country, and yet we only have a medical program. We have no recreational whatsoever. We have over 770,000 registered patients in, in the market there, and yet we have no reciprocity. So if anybody comes to visit Florida from any other place else in the world, or any place else in the country, rather, they can't buy here at all, even though we're the vacation capital of the world. I know that uh, Polis wants everybody to go to Colorado, but be honest with you, I don't think that Walt Disney World wants to have anybody freezing their tuchus off over in, in Colorado to go. You mean you have to be a resident to buy? Exactly. Yeah. You have to be a resident in, of Florida to buy. And, that's, and that is how constricted the, 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 the market is here in Florida. And yet they continue to constrict it. And yet <coughs> also, because it is a medical market, there is no taxation. Because we always believe here in Florida that we should not tax medicine in part because of the huge geriatric population that we have here. Uh, but the fact is, we just, we, we're missing out on so, so much. And of course, Florida is a bit of a joke in regards to so many policies we have. Us in Texas, we seem to be fighting out for who has the craziest policies lately. Okay. But, <laughs> I, I, don't think, I don't think there's any argument there. <laughs> Congresswoman, I got, I got a question for you. Uh, you've been doing this since uh, 91, right? Um, have you always been for legalization? Has this always, always been? Always. You always have? Always. Wow. That's like then at, at, there was a point where like you were you were doing like you you were for this before like most people were. That, that's impressive. Well, I don't remember what being against legalization of marijuana. I really yeah. don't. That, that's that's no, very very cool of you. I mean, like, no, because like definitely in the '90s, there there's quite a few stigmas uh, behind behind marijuana, and like you know, like the legalization movement really started coming around in like '96. Um, but I mean, like the use was there well before that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Can we move closer to federal legalization without the president's uh, uh, help? Because no, we do have no, separation. Forget that. That's hard to get fifty states to do anything in this Congress. So, how do we get the president to change his mind? Uh, that's what we need to do. 
his constituents have long been where you all are. Uh, I can only think that the president is trapped in his own generation. He's trapped in his own private Delaware. Uh, <laughs> but well, you know, actually, it's, it's, it's interesting you say that, Gary, because his own state, you know, they're having those talks right now in their legislature. Uh, we can see Delaware moving forward, too, with legalization. I know uh, New Hampshire is, is in those talks, Vermont. Um, it's interesting to see from Maine all the way down to Virginia, we have adult use states in this country. Uh, you know, with just a handful, a handful of holdouts, New England are still pushing this. Um, so, it, it, you know, the president, I, you know, to the congresswoman's point, I don't know what it's going to take. Maybe it'll take our former president uh, smoking a J with him. I, I have no idea, but it's going it, to, we, we need uh, President Biden to wake up and, and you know, and smell the, not just the cannabis, but, but the fact that um, the war on drugs and the over-policing that has come with it has damaged so many communities across this country. And we, we definitely need um, our 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 president to step up and wake up on it. I mean, the Congresswoman gets it. She's gotten it for over 30 years. It's a shame that, that we don't have more uh, elected officials that get it like Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton. Yeah, I, I like, I like it. You're, you're straight. You're to the point. It's got the good ideas. That's good. <laughs> and, and you know how to fight the good fight because you've been doing it for so long. And I, I can see that if this just in regard to appropriations and in regards to running the district, it has been so difficult for, with the Congress being in charge of the district as opposed to local government. And yet, so you're kind of like caught in the middle, having, having to stride well, both ways. That's usually the case. Uh, but I'm trying to make hay with Democrats controlling the House, Senate, and, and the presidency. My problem is the presidency. <laughs> well, do you see any kind of bipartisan move in regards to uh, that things like the MORE Act and like the SAFE Act and like the, yeah, the other do. things that are coming through? I do, if we if they only follow the country. But we had uh, Nancy Mays on here a, a couple months, uh, about a month or so ago, talking about how her current bill, the, the, the States Reform Act, is is helping to, to generate some bipartisan support, which might move things forward. And I see actually more of that happening in the House than I do in the Senate, of course. What, what is help, helping? I didn't hear that. Uh, the uh, uh, Congresswoman uh, Nancy Mays' uh, States Reform Act, uh, she she said she's getting bipartisan support as uh, of it moving forward. Of course, it hasn't gotten to committee yet, which happens to so, so, so many bills. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's been close to 200 bills that tried to create a legal framework for cannabis since 1971 when the uh, Controlled Substance Act was popped up. And yet I would say approximately 99.5% of them never got past committee up, up until this last few years where you actually got the more act passed twice. But how do we how do we get it, how do we get it to the Senate? That's the next thing. Is there any way? Well, the, the Senate is is difficult for any bill. So uh, the the House it, it seems to have sense on this issue. Yeah, we, we hope so. Congresswoman, one of the interesting uh, votes that happened uh, recently in in conjunction with the MORE Act was uh, the ability for former cannabis users to maintain uh, some type of security clearance and, and hold federal jobs. Uh, are you in favor of, 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 of people being able to hold federal jobs and hold security clearance uh, as, as, as medical marijuana patients? Of course. 
Well, then you get it. We we love you. You 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 are. <laughs> I mean, it's just astounding. It's refreshing to talk to a, a member of Congress who gets it and who understands it. Um, you know, between the four hundred and thirty-five some members that exist, uh, I've talking to two in the last couple of months that I feel like actually get it, and you're one of those two. So we really appreciate you as an ally, Congresswoman. Well, it's been very good to be with you, and you can depend on me to keep plugging away. Uh, for marijuana legalization, first here in the District of Columbia and then across the country. We were surprised when we heard that there were, that were there were White House employees that were let go because they did not pass their their uh, security clearance in regards to uh, the, their cannabis use, and uh, that is something that we're dealing with all over the country. But right now, we have a shortage of, of employees because of various reasons. They call it the Great Resignation. I have been told, but. Uh, the situation is you have a lot larger pool of good employees, as far as we are concerned, if you would not stop people from getting jobs or maintaining their jobs, if cannabis is what's treating whatever depression they have or whatever situations they have that are keeping them from working, from allowing them to be tax-paying citizens. And is what, what is, is D.C. doing in regards to those non-federal employees that uh, – that can possibly lose their job just for being using cannabis on a medical basis? Uh, first of all, DC certainly isn't, isn't promoting that at all. I guess these people were, I guess the notion, remember this is how um, without legalization, everybody loses. Uh, the problem may have been that since it's not legal, there was concern that people would be blackmailed. Uh, so if it were legal, we wouldn't have this issue in the federal government. Yeah, I, I could understand that. You don't want someone with uh, top secret clearance having to go talk to a drug dealer, you know, national secrets and all that. That, that makes sense. But but with adult with legal adult use, you're right. You know, it wouldn't be an issue. You go in, show your ID. Yeah, nobody can blackmail them for drinking alcohol because it's legal. So yeah, if marijuana right. was legal, it would be the same thing. And, and, and with all due respect, we do know some congressmen who do imbibe. I'm not going to say who they are. You <laughs> may, you, you may actually know. Well, there's one guy that kind of has a hair kind of like the precious big boy, but we're not going to say who that is. <laughs> Let, let's just say that, it, that with his help, we actually got cannabis legal here in the state of Florida medically. But and he's been to DC, things have been kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well Congresswoman, one of the one of the main issues that we're encountering in, in legal states as, as legalization moves forward, and Gary touched on it, we just spoke about it, is worker protections. You know, um, if we're gonna say that this is a legal medicine in 36 states, that is something that in 18 states you can just walk in and purchase. People should not be precluded from jobs or fired from jobs for it. So it seems like our nation's drug-free workplace policies really do need to catch up with the changes in marijuana reform, and they're just severely lagging behind in so many ways. Do you see Congress as the fix, or does it need to be the bureaucracy under the executive branch that needs to make these fixes? I think the states need to make the fixes. Uh, Congress would mean the House and the Senate, so I'm not relying on that to get bills passed both houses is extremely uh, difficult. It always yeah, has been, but it's even more difficult today. Well, they always say that the uh, state governments are like the uh, meth lab of democracy. They're always mixing something up and some of it usually blows up. Uh, but we, 
but we always see the federal government, like you say, in some cases, there are some legislators at the federal level that are like the lilies of the field. They do not reap, nor do they sow. They, they can't seem to get anything done as far as moving forward. And we need to have things done. Uh, Chris had a good friend who uh, was on the liver transplant list, taken off that list because of the fact that the, the cannabis use he had was getting him through that time when he needed that, that, that liver. And I don't know how, how it turned out, whether he ever got his liver or not, but that's one of the issues we're trying to deal with federally and rather on a state basis is to try to keep people from being kicked off of transplant lists for, having med for, for using medical cannabis. And some doctors say it's because of survivability, but we have documentation that shows that it, it does not decrease survivability whatsoever. In class, it increases it. So what can we do in regards to that? I don't know. I, I'm, I hadn't considered that. Well, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that, Gary, because it's not just people's right to life. It's also their basic constitutional rights that are under attack. Um, our own commissioner of agriculture, who is a Democrat, uh, and several plaintiffs um, who you know actually are lifelong Democrats, have filed lawsuit against the Biden administration's ATF because if you go to purchase a firearm, it asks you if you utilize any type of illegal substance. And there even is a caveat for medical marijuana because it's Schedule One federally, but it's legal at the states. They're still requiring you to answer that form. So there really is no way to be a legal medical marijuana patient and exercise your Second Amendment rights in this country to purchase and, and own uh, arms. So that is definitely a, a major concern that, that we have right now. Um, Congresswoman, is, does that seem more like something that the executive branch is going to have to fix, or, or do you see is, is, that, is that something that you, know, you and your colleagues are going to have to address? To, uh, fix what? The, the, the fact that um, you, know, you can't legally uh, be in possession of medical marijuana and, and firearms in this country. At the same time or generally? Just generally, yeah, and at the same time. Like, yeah, don't, it, don't mix it with gun control because that's, a, that's one of the difficult issues in the Congress. Yeah. Especially in the district. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I think a, a gun owner who is a responsible gun owner who uses cannabis is less likely to, to uh, fire at will. <laughs> okay, fellas, are we through now? Because you have, you have plumbed my all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Congressman, we, we appreciate We're you taking your time. You We're not going to hold you up. We know you got such a busy day ahead of you. But thank oh, you I do for have, joining us. I, 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 I do have one thing I wanted to bring up, though. You asked about what we could possibly do to get through to the, to the president. And to and, uh, be honest with you, we, we know somebody who he knew from a long time ago. There's a, there's a lady here in Florida, 71 years old, uh, who was diagnosed with ALS back in the 1980s when she was the hairdresser for the president's first wife. <laughs> and she is the oldest living ALS uh, uh, patient in the country right now. She's the only one who's been able to survive. They stopped giving her social security years ago. They said that she was beyond her expiration date because they could not figure out how could she still be alive, but she is alive and she is well. And it's because of the fact that she's using this as medicine. And I know he wants to shoot for the moon as far as cancer is concerned. Cannabis could help with that too. But in this one particular aspect, hopefully he, he can make that kind of a connection to somebody whom he knew from way back when he was first running for senator, that he knew because she did his because she did her, his wife's hair, uh, that this is a medicine that does not need to be taken away by the government, and then we need to stop getting involved in in, in between the doctors and, and the patients, and doctors and 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 uh, you, well, I'll go on from there. But well, thank I, I you. Want, I just want to bring it to your attention. <laughs> 
Well, thank you again, Congresswoman. We appreciate you. Any party words for our, our guests and listeners? Only keep fighting. We're getting somewhere, but keep fighting. Well, we'll continue to get into good trouble, and we appreciate you. You have a great day. You too. Good well, talking to you. Indeed. Well, everyone listening, that was Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton uh, representing the District of Columbia. She's been uh, representing the district, like, like we said, it, now in her 15th term uh, for yeah. over 30 years. And She's she is always Congresswoman since 91. You're no nonsense. No nonsense. <laughs> you can you can tell it in her demeanor. Like she don't got time. Like, what y'all want? What y'all want to talk about? This is the deal. She just tell you like it is. And that is refreshing because, you know, so many times you talk to a politician and they'll answer a question without actually answering it. Those were just direct points, direct questions, just keeping it real. And that's what we need. And, and that's what we're happy like, to bring you. She's like straight up like, I don't know. Why are you? Yeah, and maybe maybe we put some extra seeds of things that can grow into policy. She I think was, that, that's really important for us. She was just like straight up with Gary's question. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah. Like, come on. Well, well, that is a policy known as, as educate to legislate. It's, it's what we do when we go to advocate, when we go into the halls of power. Yeah, and we hope that you guys out there, as as advocates, as as people who are concerned about this topic, will continue to do what you can to educate, to legislate, to your own legislators, to your local senator, to your local representative, and to your federal legislator and senator. Because if these are the guys that make the policy, they're making it without your input if you don't give it to them. Yeah, so let's, you're right. Let's 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 make that point. You know, Man, also, I, I, I think that I don't think she liked this. Like, I feel like she didn't like this, you know? <laughs> no, I, I think, no, you know what it is? And, and I, I picked up on it. Her, um, her, her pest, she has a lot of pessimism, it, it feels like, in regards to things getting done because, you know, her own district is unique in that it's the only uh, place where there's like a million people, over a million people. Who, who don't have any real representation in Congress. They don't, they don't have any U.S. senators. They're not recognized for statehood. The District of Columbia really is the epitome of taxation without representation. And for to keep fighting for so many years and get shut down so often, you can see that she has this no-nonsense attitude about anything because she don't got time to bullshit. And I, and I, I really... It's like Biden. It's Biden. Get it's Biden, Biden out of my way. Yeah. Get, get <laughs> like, tell the president... <laughs> My way. Gary, Gary's like, what do you think about the reciprocity of the medical marijuana movement? And she's like, it's fucking Biden. I told you it was Biden. <laughs> Biden needs to get out of my way. No, I'm it's to legalize it's, this shit here. They're smoking it already. <laughs> yeah, smoking they're, it already they're smoking it right down the street. Like we're not getting any tax revenues from that. You know, somebody tell well, Biden. I mean, normally when you sell, when you pay taxes locally. It goes into a local silo and it goes towards your local fire department, like your local police department, your local fire, uh, parks and rec, uh, public works. In D.C., they pay their taxes. It goes to Congress and Congress decides on how they appropriate the money back to the district. And if it's not enough, say like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's all there is to it. And that's why, like I said, when I was working in the district, we had cars, fleet cars, where if you, you, you shut the door too hard, it'll fall off the damn hinges. Because they did, they weren't or they weren't fixing the damn cars because they didn't have a budget for it because the government, the, con the Congress didn't give it to them. Like a year ago, they had a pedestrian bridge uh, collapse and kill some people. You know, like there is there is definitely crumbling infrastructure. There are roads like sometimes you know having to take a day trip to D.C. Depending on what neighborhood you're in, 
You may need new tires after that because of potholes, because of you know construction. Uh, as I said before, the gentrification is real, and and uh, to see you know historic neighborhoods, neighborhoods that like you know you look around, and you're like, man, this neighborhood was hit hard by by the crack epidemic, and then all of a sudden you see luxury condos going up in those same neighborhoods. The same thing that we're seeing in Tampa, but that we're seeing all over the country. That's the thing, though. It's like in all the gentrified neighborhoods here in Tampa, you got a cure leaf you got a true leaf big mm-hmm. cannabis is part of gentrification two, two cure leaves and i believe two true leaves on the same street if you ride down florida avenue all the way from yeah. you know tampa's borders like you know off of bears and then you ride florida all the way to downtown you're going to spot at least four or five dispensaries just on florida avenue these days yeah yeah but you still don't get the competition of prices although they are they've been compressing prices lately but they're still too high Gary, what's the going rate on a on an eighth of flower at like a true leaf or cure leaf in Florida right now? About sixty. So I was in New Jersey just yesterday um, for adult use for an eighth of their top shelf was like fifty three, fifty four dollars and some change. You know, yeah, our, 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 well, our top shelf is mids, but our top shelf is also going for seventies and eighties. And I'll grant you, I haven't tried black tuna yet. Uh, I, I probably won't be able ever be able to afford it. <laughs> but but more power to the to, uh, I, to I, Bob. I wonder how much his his an eighth of his weed went for, like back when he was smuggling it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, in the seventies and eighties, I'm pretty yeah, sure it was not more work he had to put into it <laughs> back then. <laughs> well, you know that's the interesting thing about it is, is too is. Um, I was listening to like the return policies and such, and and I I, I went to the botanist. Uh, that was the name of the dispensary because it was either go to Cure Leaf or go to the botanist. And I was like, well, we yes, know a Cure Leaf yeah. office. So I went to the botanist and checked it out. And, and like I said, the line was so long, but there were people either 60 years old, 50 years old, 40 years old, 30 years old, 20 years old, you know, waiting in line. Uh, you know, like I said, people had their kids with them. It was wild just to to see see America. And, and everybody had the same look on their face when they got out of their car in the parking lot. I was like, holy shit, look at this line. I'm going to wait. And everybody waited. <laughs> you know, everybody waited. The only two times in life you see people patiently waiting in line is to go vote and to go to Disney World. Well, now we're going to add a third one, and that is to buy adult use weed. <laughs> I don't know. I'm well, not patient. New, I, I wish New Disney. Jersey luck because they, they've been trying very hard to uh, to get ahead of New York City, so they could control the, uh, the traffic on the bridges to which which way the uh, residents are going to pick up their weed. Either they're heading out to D.C. and doing it the crazy way, or, I mean, heading up to, to New York and and their their crazy policies right now, or come on into New Jersey and get to those what twelve new uh, licenses they have now. For, well, for I only saw. I went on the weed maps and it was only the botanist and cure leaf that had adult use. New Jersey was also interesting because um, if you had a medical card, you didn't have to wait in line. You can just walk right in and, and like medical patients get to skip the line. But the line was an hour and a half wait out the door. I mean, we got there at five and we didn't leave till 615 with our products in hand. So that was the that was the interesting thing about it too. I was just seeing that, and then they were like, "Yeah, we're cutting it off" because they knew how long the line was. Like they what they closed at seven. So, um, but I don't know. You heard this, but uh, the acreage, by the way, is uh, the, the botanist is the acreage, uh, uh-huh. and uh, that was one where uh, 
Boehner was a member of the board, which I think he's, he's left that company now, tried to start another company on his own, and now he's got a uh, a, 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 a suit uh, against him for stealing, uh, uh, yeah, was it public, private intelligence, whatever it is. Yeah, oh, cool. issue again. Oh, so the, the former Speaker of the House, John Boehner, is under investigation for corporate espionage, basically because of his cannabis dealings? Is that what you're saying, basically, Gary? Basically, yeah. Exactly. Wow. Right. Wow. Slimy. <laughs> the, old, the, the old stealing of corporate intelligence kind of situation. Interesting. So who is Acreage's uh, front in Florida? What what dispensaries are owned or, or were owned by them? They're gone. They they were at one point in time, and they had a botanist over in Springdale. Springdale. Okay. Uh, and even though they're, they're, they're stationed in uh, in Florida, and then, and then they sold. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. They sold. They they sold it off, and we'll, we'll see where where it goes from now. As far as Florida is concerned, we had twelve applications for that Pigford license. And uh, yes, they- yeah. Update us on that. So we had twelve people apply for the Black Farmers license in Florida. And if you look at the uh, descriptions of the companies that got involved some of them don't even have a history necessarily of farming at all and some have a history only of farming Mm -hmm. and so therefore uh it was a situation where you the people who were qualified if they were in the pigford uh uh, suit back in the 1990s many of them in their 70s 80s retired and so basically it was their that their ancestors that they were they were picking these up on this, this one gentleman we had uh, our, our event, uh, Mr. Allen, right? uh, David Allen, he was part of uh, Florida Tree Jeff- Grow. J- Jeffrey Allen. It was Jeffrey, Jeffrey Allen. Jeffrey yeah. Allen. Yeah, sorry, yeah. He 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 was part of a, a Florida Tree Growers uh, organization that started back in the '80s, and he didn't. He had no idea because he had been trying to get a license now all, through all the legitimate ways back in through 2015 and on, trying to get in, and then he found out. Uh, when he tried to apply for uh, the the Pickford license, that he had to have somebody his organization. He happened to find out that his grandfather was in the was in the Pickford suit. He had no idea, yeah. and so he he, he mentioned. So we have to get him on to talk about the process because the process. We understand that you've got applications that go between three hundred and thirteen hundred pages, and each of these guys have has paid in uh, what one hundred and sixty two thousand dollars just to put the application down. But thanks to uh, Senator Rusan. These guys will be able to apply anybody who didn't get it for the next round whenever that happens. Because right now, from what I understand, they have the applications at hand, but they haven't started actually uh, scoring them yet. Partly because of the fact that they are getting an independent contractor in to do the uh, scoring. And I don't think that money comes to them until the beginning of the next fiscal year, which is July 1st. Why is Ron DeSantis's Office of Medical Marijuana Use wasting our tax dollars to bring in an independent contractor? Why can't the OMMU review the applications themselves? Are they so afraid of, of screwing up? Like, how hard is it to not be racist and review applications? <laughs> well, to be honest with you, I've seen the way that- Like, how hard is that for the DeSantis administration <laughs> to not be racist that we got to bring in an independent contractor? Like, are they, is that that, that fucking difficult? <laughs> they have been accused the Department of Health in the past of uh, if you have three scores for one particular application, have one score be a ringer so that uh-huh. you throw so you throw off the uh, the actual score. If two of them are, are, are high and one all of a sudden is substantially low, that guy can get knocked out if they don't want that person to have that funds. 
Wow. So, so yeah, so it, it is hard for them apparently to not, not be corrupt and racist. Got it. And look, and look at how the 2015 applications went. It went through a, 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 a law judge who went ahead and went, spent three four years Langerham, Van Langerham, and said that the entire process was a, a dumpster fire. <laughs> that yeah. They had done it totally wrong, and they ended up giving licenses to practically everybody who had actually applied, with, it, with only a few exceptions, people who totally missed the deadline. But anybody who well, got scored got it. I, I mean, well, except for Flora Grown, because we, we've had Mr. Redner and his, his group on the show before. Uh, and I just find it ironic that there there are still uh, licensees out there. The fact that, like you said, Gary, we have the Pickford license, which needs to be given out. But there's still, what, five or are we five or ten licenses behind right now in, 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 based on patient ratios? Based on patient ratios, we're about 18 uh, licenses behind. Yeah, because it's supposed to be like five licenses for every 100,000 patients, right? Four. And so, Yeah. It, it's, and we're, we're 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 trending towards eight hundred thousand, and yep. and yeah, that's that's just ludicrous. So yeah, we're we're three licensing, uh, no four, yeah, four licensing uh, uh, classes behind in Florida, and and and, 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 and at a certain point, you got to think, is this by design to prevent competition? Is it by design, or 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 due to incompetence of the bureaucracy? You know, it, it makes you think and wonder. Like, yeah, we can clearly see the bureaucracy is incompetent. And, and I, you know, I'm looking at this one guy, Sean, saying that we're fucking idiots. Sean, you're absolutely right. We get high all the time and we talk about shit. And you know what? You know, maybe the three master's degrees between us don't mean anything. But, you know, I'll take that. Thank you. I appreciate that. We'll take that as a badge of honor. We're fucking idiots for talking about real shit, like as in the ineptitude of the bureaucracy in this state or the fact that they're wasting our tax dollars after bringing an independent contract because they can't do shit by not being corrupt or not being racist. Yes, we're fucking idiots for that. Thank you for the badge of honor. We appreciate that. So <laughs> we, I mean, it, it is an unusual battle and you have to, uh, to deal with unusual partners, so to speak. And it's because of the fact that this is a bipartisan issue, and yet some people still treat it as as if it was highly partisan, but it's not. It it's really, not. Really, is it's not. Seventy sixty nine percent of Americans want this. What was it? Seventy eight percent of of Democrats, seventy four percent of Independents, and and like fifty four percent of Republicans. So even your conservative Republicans. I mean, hell, Utah has a more advanced and more progressive medical marijuana system than Florida. God bless those Mormons for, for getting their shit together. Yes, Oklahoma is doing it better than Florida. Um, I it, it is going to open a chillum in Utah. I mean, for real, sounds nice, bro. They, they got they got worker protections. They, they 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 you know they protect you on the organ transplant list. They're, they're, they 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 get it. They just get I it. Be Mormon. I could you know, okay, now, now no no aspersions to the Mormons, but I don't know if they're going to wear Chilla magic underwear. <laughs> we don't know until we try, Gary. <laughs> we don't know until we try. Well, well look, yeah, I, I'll say this much: you got Arizona and New Mexico now as adult use states. You have Nevada as an adult use state. California, yep. uh, the the dominoes are falling out west when it comes to adult use. It's only a matter of time. Uh, before we see, you know, uh, we already have Colorado. Utah really is the last of the four corners that needs to to move forward with adult use. We'll probably see that soon. I mean, uh, big news happening in Missouri. They've gathered double the amount of signatures they need to get it on the ballot for November. So we'll see probably Maryland and Missouri going for votes for adult use here uh, come November. And that, you know, we'll be up to at least 
20, maybe even 21 or 22 states. Uh, Ohio is still pending for their adult use initiatives. So, you know, South Dakota is going to try again to, to, you know, codify their rights uh, that even they're, 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 you know, the people of South Dakota, probably a prime example, they pass a constitution initiative, their governor and their legislature and their Supreme Court tries to muck it all up. And they're willing to come back again and tell the politicians, no, this is a policy we want, whether you want it or not. And that's what the American people want in general is they want legal weed <laughs> well let's see if we can possibly give it to them i i don't think we're going to be the next amsterdam uh, i don't think we even want to be the next amsterdam because amsterdam has actually got a number of issues that they don't even that they don't even publicize as much they are actually trying to cut, shut down the coffee houses right now because they afraid that they're for tourism actually it's one of the biggest things they have for tourism Stop. Reason I want to go to the Netherlands. Why the hell would I want to go to the Netherlands any other place? You know, like what nothing strikes me as, oh, I want to go to Amsterdam for its historic architecture. No, people go to Amsterdam because they have legal whores and legal weed. Amsterdam's always not exactly in the same place, though. I don't think. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's coffee shops in the red light. Yeah, the centro, the centro. Yeah, so they have like weird laws like you got to bake the weed directly into the cake or some shit like well, that. They don't even have, yeah, they don't have growing in their, their country. Like, it's illegal to grow weed in, in the Netherlands. Like, they have secret so you, grow houses and shit, you know? You have to, like... Yeah, they have, they have runners that go all day back and forth to the coffee houses, getting getting this stuff from the legacy market and taking it to the coffee house because of the fact that you have to get it from a, a uh, illegit- illicit source. <laughs> However, yeah. I could, I, I've been told that, that that is some of the best bud in the world because these, these, these guys in the... Uh, the illicit market, legacy market, whatever you wish to call it, in the, in in Dutch, I don't speak Dutch, but <laughs> yeah, you uh, you can get some amazing products. Well, Straight Hunters was one of my favorite shows, you know, back in like the mid 2010s, and I remember oh, watching, yeah, watching Arjan and them, you know, just travel the world looking for exotic land races they could bring back to Amsterdam to the coffee shops and such, and I always found that quite interesting. Uh, you know, and, and that's that's where, you know, we talked about Bud's place uh, on, on the last show uh, of creating a space where, you know, people can come in and consume cannabis in a in a friendly environment. I remember in 2014 going to Colorado uh, to the Lazy Lion and, and paying a membership fee. They had a dab bar. They had a flower room where you can get, you know, that you can reimburse them uh, for the flower that they gave you. Uh, and it was an interesting type of setup. Eventually they got shut down, you know, and, and so uh, being able to have places that can operate above water, that can be legal, where people can consume it, I think makes sense. I mean, if we had a cannabis consumption lounge in Ebor, uh, I'm pretty sure that would be probably be one of the most uh, regularly packed places on a Friday, Saturday night. Hell, on a Tuesday night, if anything. Right, Carlos? Well I agree. Yeah. Anybody wants to invest in a Bud's place, I'll be there to greet everybody at the front door. <laughs> That's what I mean, I can see it. I mean, uh, I think there's a couple of open club spaces there right on 7th. I mean, could could you imagine a consumption lounge next door to Prana, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I I think uh I think Ebor, I think it, it would be best like off strip. I think a consumption lounge like needs a uh-huh. Like Appreciate I it. I just yeah, I just I think I think it would be better to attract people there. What what if no. we had a consumption patio like behind Chillum? That would be awesome, right? It'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. cool. It'd have a real backyard vibe to it, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. <laughs> now, speaking, yeah. speaking of coming attractions, uh, just so you know, our next uh, guest coming up, uh, where we, 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 we again, pre-taping, 
But this this Wednesday, we're going to have uh, Governor, uh, former Governor, current uh, Congressman Charlie Crist, uh, who how's, is, is how's that going to work? We're going to replay this video on Sunday. Yeah, and, and then, then I guess uh, next Charlie Sunday Christ, we do Charlie Crist, or we yeah. just yeah. or we could, we could one day or however you wish to do it. Uh, we're open to suggestions because we, we we had a little uh, com- computer glitch. Yeah, last somewhat. week. So now because of because of the the computer error, um, we're ahead a week. More or less, we we've caught up. Yeah, we had we had Bud's All place, right. and then yeah, we're 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 we're, we're uh, ahead a week or two. So that, I think it's great, Gary. I just want to say a big thank you to you for locking in these amazing guests. Whether it's yeah. been um, Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton or Congresswoman Nancy Mace, uh, you amazing guys from Bud's place. Uh, you know we uh, you know Dan Herrera is going to reschedule the show with us. Um, yep. You know you, you got Malcolm McKinnon to come on the show who connected us with Tommy Chong. It's been an amazing uh, th- you know last three months of the rotation. And we've had more celebrities and guests than ever before. And that is a big part of because of Gary Stein. And I think all of our listeners need to know that, um, you know, we we try to not be mundane and keep the show fresh. And, And so Gary's been a big part of that. And, you know, if your organization wants to have a bigger role in showcasing your products and your brand, we're open to a sponsorship here on the rotation. And also as business members with our chapter of Suncoast Normal. But if you're just a regular listener, a regular Joe Schmo, everyday type of guy or, or gal, you can become a member of Suncoast Normal. Uh, be a part of this movement for $25 a year. Get your lapel pin, get your membership card, uh, get your, you know, your discount there at Chillum. Uh, you, you know, there's a lot to be said. Um, about being a member here uh it comes with a lot of pride We're, we've done a lot to build this brand and folks recognize normal as the the official and uh and, and really uh power player in reforming marijuana laws uh throughout this uh state uh locally and throughout the country so and if you want to make any uh ask uh, uh, congressman K- uh, christ any questions we will be taping at 11 o'clock to, on, the, on the 11th that's wednesday and uh come up with some good questions uh, don't make them too nasty. I think it would, <laughs> would, would be the best way to handle it because uh, a lot of folks like to get. He's a, he's a consummate politician. I can guarantee he's not going to get shaken. I might just get shaken though. <laughs> but, but the fact is, this is a guy that we have a chance, uh, just like we do with, with, with Nikki Freed, of putting her in the place of where DeSantis is now, where on a state level, DeSantis is a problem, where Biden is the problem on a federal level. So it, how your vote does make a difference and how, and how much people know about those candidates makes a difference on how they vote as well. So you can be a part of that situation and you can be part of normal too, just by becoming a member, which is really, really inexpensive and it, it has a lot of benefits to it, especially when it comes to when we go to Tallahassee and we smoke them out. And, and by that, That's I right. mean, you know, find out the right, find out who the good guys are, who the bad guys are. That's what I meant by that. Oh, yeah, we're definitely going to smoke the vote uh, this go around and uh, we'll have voter guides going out uh, to our members and such so they know how to navigate the primaries and the general elections. Um, You know, we're qualifying coming up uh, here, you know, over the next 30 days. Uh, So we'll see folks, uh, you know, showing up for these federal races and and for local races all the way around. So all in all, we look forward to bringing you uh, a long list of folks who you can support that will be allies uh, to the legalization movement across both sides of the aisle. But the most important thing you can do is get involved in your party primaries because the people that we're voting for in the general elections in November need to be more like the Congresswoman we had on the day, straight to the point and allies and get it. 
And, and if they don't, then they're not the right uh, person. And so that's why I'm, I'm looking forward to us interviewing uh, Congressman Chris. Uh, I'm glad we've already had Commissioner Freed on. And I, I you know, I look forward to seeing uh, which of these are uh, will be the best candidate uh, to unseat, you know, Governor Ron DeSantis, because he is not an ally to patients in any way, shape or form, just based off of, uh, you know, his own thoughts on moving forward with adult use and the ineptitude and corruption of his office of medical marijuana use in rolling out of, you know, our medical marijuana system over the past four years. So what do you think is the chance of my getting Ron DeSantis on the show? Uh, um, I mean, Gary, up. I mean, look, Car Carlos, Gary, you all were there when we met with his staff a, a couple, yeah. what, two, three years back in, in lobby yeah. days. I mean, come on. He he didn't show up. Uh, his staff uh, barely took notes. They thumbed their noses at us the whole time in the air. Like, why are we, you know, having to waste time with all these potheads? You know, it, I just, you know, hey, look, make the outreach. If if he's willing to come on the show, I'll give him a fair shake. I'm not gonna, you know, call him a, 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 an ass face to his face. But uh, yeah, but I can you know, I can tell you that I'll, in the cafeteria they'll, they'll hear you. I can guarantee you that in the cafeteria they will hear him yell no. <laughs> kind, kind of like what happened when, when we tried to get those amendments in this last year oh man that was so disheartening to try and get those amendments in and to hear just people shouting no and i'm just like fuck you guys you know but you know but they'll kick you out of the gallery for that you know kind of you know it's crazy so yeah you, you, you don't want to get kicked out of the gallery ah oh, man but well, you know, guys, it has been fun uh, commiserating with y'all. Uh, you know, Gary, thank you again for helping line up the Congresswoman on the show. Uh, you know, the major issues of D.C. statehood and legalization seem to be intertwined. You know, President, you know, really, really, she presented the case very clearly. Um, it's either President Biden gets out the way and eliminates the rider that prevents uh, uh, adult use legalization in D.C., or uh, D.C. gets recognized as a state, in which case the rider no longer matters and they can pass their own laws as an independent state. So uh, it is interesting to see how those, uh, you know, those issues intersect. And we'll see how it all shakes out over the coming years. I mean, I want to see Puerto Rico become a state eventually, if only because they can get media noches better in this easier in this country. Instead of having well, to go all the way to Orlando. I think it'd be kind of cool to get infused media noches. That would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> put, we, that we in, to make, put that in your egg bread and smoke it. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and our, our wishes again go out to uh to Ukraine. For those of you folks you don't know, I've I still got relatives out that way. My grandfather was from Kiev. Oh. And so uh Sala Ukraine, okay? That's that's U Ukraine forever. Is, is that it? We're Glory to Ukraine, it. actually. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This has been The Rotation, and you have been a part of it. You can be a bigger part of it by joining Suncoast Normal. Suncoast Normal is an organization that can help you make the change that we all need. Go to the Suncoast Normal website and become a member. Because that is how you become part of the change. You can find the Rotation podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. But you can always join us in the Rotation at suncoastnormal.org. At that very website, you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of Suncoast Normal, gain access to cannabis events, cannabis info, Normal's legal network, and even a free membership to National. 
all by joining Suncoast Normal. That website again is suncoastnorml.org. You can also find us on social media at Suncoast Normal. Uh, find us on both Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you, Gary, and good night. Good night.